Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. 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 Oh, why the show teeny music for the internet's only college football podcast, you ask? Why the sounds of drums as if a show was beginning? Uh, probably because... I think we're just going to end up talking a lot about Las Vegas tonight, boys. And by boys, I mean boys, because uh, Holly's out tonight, our frequent guest, Holly Anderson. And in addition to that, Ryan is out. And that leaves you and me, Jason, along with uh, Serber. What's up, Serber? Chime in. Hey, hello? Oh, how we doing? This is your captain speaking. Uh-oh. <laughs> Can you imagine, by the way, if the pilot who influenced everyone's voice and the way that we speak over airplane radios was not Chuck Yeager from West Virginia with his distinct laconic growl over the mic, but instead it was like Fred Schneider of the B-52s, right? It's your captain speaking! <laughs> We're landing! Well, I think the thing there is every plane would have to be a B-52, Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 737. Well, yeah, that's what it says on the uh, side of the fuselage, but we're going to call it a B-52, buddy. Like, yeah, we're we're making great time in this B-52. We're going <laughs> to we got wind at our back. We're going <laughs> to shave half an hour off. I mean, obviously, all this would be delivered in Fred Schneider voice, but mm -hmm. yeah, the, the, we're, we're going to have Mulaney. no problem finding taxi space because, you know, if they don't clear out, we're just going to bomb the hell out of <laughs> Newark. <laughs> That's that's how you're landing in Newark, actually. We're dropping you it's right the on the runway. Way. The only ah! way to get a spot. Like the Muppets. We're just going to throw you right out of the cargo hold. This yeah. plane's going so, to Milan. You're going so here. When you said uh, boys only show... Like Ryan is the only man here. 
right? Yeah, Ryan is the only man. <laughs> the only man, but he's not the he's not the adult. The only adult is Holly, right? Sure, somehow, yeah. somehow Ryan has gotten to man no man child. I will put Ryan at okay. man child status. <laughs> okay, okay, right. Whereas Floyd I'm only being a, the, Floyd's the adult. Yeah, Floyd is the adult. I am the weirdest result, which is very old boy. Yeah, he's a very old. I was boy. thinking. When I was, you can tell me if you were like this at all. When I was like, you know, four or five, six or whatever, I was like, Ugh, I'm an old soul, right? Like mm -hmm. I was basically 14 at age three. But here's the thing. Once I passed 14, I never stopped being 14. I've just been like between age two and right now, I've been 14 the entire time. 14. So you think that's like your your chronological default in your brain? Right, because yeah. there's probably there's probably points in the day where you go, mm, I'm feeling about 32, and then sure. you go, mm, I'm feeling about 71 right now, and then you probably might bounce back down to like you know 17, but then you end up settling on 14, right? Yeah, well, I mean, like it's just always been 14. Like when I was, you know, eight or whatever. Oh, I'm so much smarter than these ugh, these idiots in second grade, whatever fucking grade you're in, you know. But mm -hmm. like, of course, no, I wasn't. You know, it's just a snobby little dickhead. But like. Now, now that I have passed the age of 14, there has been no change. Just an entire life lived at age 14. Now, that's, that's a pretty decent set, though, because you're at 14, you're starting to at least come a little bit out of the fog of pre-adolescence. Pre-adolescence is the time where I think everybody's just sort of a lump, just an unformed mm -hmm. mass of gelatinous goo sliding around in cargo shorts. That's That's pretty much what... <laughs> What I think most pre-adolescence is. I, was there server, was 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 there the, the question for the both of you? Was there a point in your mm -hmm. life when you sort of realized like I'm a person? No, still working on okay. that. Okay, okay, yeah. Because sometimes for me, sometimes, it, it might have been age fourteen. I guess was it age fourteen? Yeah. Sometimes I think it. Some I think I remember my first self-actualized moment, which is where mm -hmm. I refused the I refused the leather jacket photo. In high school, I was 17. That's that's the first time I remember having a distinct sense of identity because they wanted me to take the leather jacket photo. And I remember feeling with biblical certainty from my heels, like from the core of the earth itself, a wellspring of deep rage and self-affirmation like, no, I don't have to do that. It's like a cool hand loop moment, right? Like, yeah. Nah, no, I'm getting out of here. You can put me in solitary all you want. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> God, so you're so I don't fucking think, badass. I know. I, I don't think I had like a single bit of identity until I was 17. And they were like, yeah, put on the leather jacket. And I was like, no, was that's this ridiculous. For, is this for like a yearbook thing? Or Yeah, or yeah. I was like, yeah, we're, we're going to put you in a leather jacket because I don't know. We just put people in leather jackets. Got a lot of people from Long Island here. Were they putting all the all, all the guys in leather jackets? Or oh yeah, yeah. It was like one of the options you got, you know, or not right. options. It was just like one of the shots. And then if you liked the way you looked in the leather jacket, and the guy was like, <laughs> "You don't want to try the the leather jacket?" And I was like, "Who wears that shit?" No. Yeah. And I was like, "Who is talking? Who is saying these <laughs> words coming out of my mouth? Who has grabbed hold of the wheel?" Oh shit! It's me. Oh no! No! <laughs> An idiot! <laughs> You're telling me I have to be this guy from here on out? <laughs> no. Yeah. That, yeah. That, 
I'm trying to. I oh man, now I wish I had a such a badass origin story. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember thinking I was like, that shit's hot. No, nobody wears that shit. Nobody yeah. looks good in it either. There's like one person who looks good in a leather jacket. That's like Steve McQueen. That's it. That's did it. he offer alternatives? No, he was just baffled. Wow. And you know what? Honestly, I was too. <laughs> I don't think that helped him. <laughs> you know, it was like it was like I had been. It was like you know somebody had taken over the controller and just said, "No, you're going to decline it." That is my yakuza moment, right so, in the middle of <laughs> high yeah. school. There's this uh, mostly, you know, basically discredited, totally uh, 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 made up theory of like human development that like 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 years ago, we were all like automatons. Like we look back mm -hmm. at stuff they did back then and it's like, why the fuck did 10,000 people spend their entire lives building a monument that they wouldn't even see the end of, right? Like were we just hive minds? You know, we're, mm -hmm. did, and like the ideas that like trade routes and exchanging languages and different, you know, different uh, hand gestures and stuff sort of like broke the human mind until it became actually conscious or whatever. But like, I don't know, man, that feels like everyone under the age of 10. Like, I, I think people are still like that until somewhere between the age of 10 and 30. They just sort of look up and like, ah, oh, shit, I'm a person. Yeah, man, I'm not going to build this pyramid for a yeah, dude's fucking yeah. monument you better you got to pay me 13 dollars an hour because that's all anyone will pay for this fucking yeah monument. instead actually we were thinking about beating you until you did it that works too that works too yeah. if you really want to just hit me until i do this hey i uh, server when did you become a person i don't really know like i i have like i feel like my earliest memory at least is Someone asked, I was like at my, my babysitter, like the place I went for daycare when I was a kid. And someone asked me what my name was. It was like my first day there. And I think I just said, I'm two. <laughs> <laughs> but then I think like when I, when I real, I guess like the only thing I have that comes anywhere close is like on the bad ice level would be, well, I guess when I was like playing football, when I was like in the, when I was in the eighth grade, I remember I wasn't very good. And I was like. I thought I was like resigned to just sucking and I was like, no, I'm just going to get really pissed off and I'm just going to like knock the shit out of someone. And I did. And then I, and then I stopped sucking. Like I, I just Hell wasn't yeah. the worst anymore, I, but yeah. that's like the closest I have. But I don't know if I realized, I probably realized I was a person before that probably like pooping yeah. my pants when I wasn't supposed to maybe something like that. I'm like, Oh, yeah. I'm a person now. I don't do this. Uh Oh, I have shit in my pants. <laughs> And I'm the one who has to deal with it. I don't think that happened often. Maybe once. So maybe it was that time. <laughs> okay. I have 35 okay. such revelations. <laughs> all detailed in my journal from when I was four. <laughs> maybe that's the time I learned I was a Spencer. Yeah, that's... Oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> like I said, I was horrified by this realization, too. <laughs> that's, that's what I remember the moment of becoming as. A terrible moment, really. Oh, no. No, you're going to be the guy. You're going to be a problem. This is bad. Um, But I think that was last time. That was last time I had to deal with that. So maybe it'll happen in my 50s, you know, be like 56. Be like, no, I'm not going to wear this uh, windbreaker that you make a 56-year-old wear when I'm lawn bowling or whatever 56-year-old men do. <laughs> I look forward to finding out. It'll be great. I wanted to go over something that two of us are familiar with one of us is not um 
they're the only bit of even remotely college football type business on the docket in the vast sea of May. We're, we're now very close to the time when everybody in this sport just goes on vacation and has children. Go and look. The birthdays of most coaches' children falls somewhere around nine months from either now or like the first week of June. It is the slowest point in the calendar. So what better time to hire a new Pac-12 commissioner? Yeah. Just, just to get it done. And to hire somebody who is steady and who has worked in college athletics before and who has a background in dealing with the vagaries of college administration and with TV deals and with everything that that you need to know about the very perverse, unique environment that college athletics occupies. Jason, that's who the Pac-12 hired, right? That's who we got. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The mm-hmm. um, So one one thought on coach coach children being born in may is when when are they thrown in the oven then would that be august like right Mm. before the season starts like bye honey i'm disappearing for five months (laughs) i've given you i'll see you i'll see you when the baby's out god that's depressing it 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 is right it is right on time and i think most of those kids are born what they're conceived in june may or june five six so you know, right around like you know after recruiting's done. If uh, season's starting, here's a baby. Uh, I'll I'll meet it after spring ball. Damn it, yeah. Ellen, we got spring ball. I done told you. Hold it in there. Hang on. <laughs> Keep it in there. I can't. We're on. We only got one practice left before the red white game. <laughs> That's it. Listen, you call me if it's if it's past the third quarter. I could do it because the third stringers are in there. They're piss poor, and I already know that. <laughs> Okay. If it's the fourth quarter, we'll have the the radio guy will be calling plays anyway because we got this stupid gimmick where the radio guy calls plays in the fourth quarter. So you can have your baby then. Yeah, you know, but but, but do me, do me a favor. Let's try to let's try to win this in the fourth quarter. If we can just keep it close, just keep it close until the fourth. Can't you just stand upside go. down or something? Yeah, just do just do that. You've been you've been doing that yoga. Why don't you just go do a headstand for a minute? Keep that keep that sucker in. All right. All right, I love you. Did I say that? It's my second time this year. <laughs> I said it. it in August, didn't I? That's how we yeah. got in this mess. Yeah. Actually, let's go back to the film. This is when I told you I loved you seven <laughs> months ago. See the sincerity? Look right here. I'm circling. There's the hand gesture indicating that how much I mean it and how much you mean to me. And and you can I see like- the film because it was during his introductory press conference at this school. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> see, witnesses? I'm circling the witnesses. There are hundreds. <laughs> At least a hundred witnesses honey. in this room. <laughs> Everyone me, will heard confirm me say I it. said it. <laughs> yeah. You saying that I'm negligent doesn't fly here. I'm sorry. That's just, I went to the tape. I went to the tape. Okay. That's, that might be how you feel, but here we got to decide. We got to look at the tape. God. That, what, a, what, a, what an what awful a life. What a nightmare. <laughs> uh, I was joking that Pac-12 didn't hire that guy at all. They didn't hire. This is, this is, they, they went freaky again. They just, they just freestyled it. Yeah. Just did, did what they were going to do. They hired a guy who, okay. They hired a guy who's going to make the money. Sure. That's really what this dude is going to do. His name is George Klyavkov, which cool name. I like it. George Klyavkov, one, 
It's going to have a name that I really look forward to college football TV personalities attempting to pronounce on air. It's going to be awesome. Two, um, has his last collegiate sports experience happened when he rode at Boston University. How does this keep happening, by the way? The Pac-12 keeps hiring people who come from, like, deeply non-revenue sports. Last guy was a tennis guy. This dude's a rower. I, I don't even know if they have water in the Pac-12 until you hit the Pacific, frankly. They got uh, rivers. Colorado's got rivers. Utah has a <laughs> lake. <laughs> Uh, they're not out there they're not there they're not out there sculling on it <laughs> arizona is you know uh lack of water is kind of their whole deal oh my know. god though like can you imagine lake havasu a bunch of like composed collegiate rowers and somebody just jet skiing through it <laughs> <laughs> you know rowing was the original revenue sport of course like ivy leagues this was big time mm -hmm. uh cheating cheating ringer uh, Bagman material 170 years ago. So the Pac-12, those were your glory days. Um, simply pine for those days to come back. But like, I think one thing is by hiring someone who uh, knows that money exists and is a uh, a resource that is finite um, and that can be used for things other than paying the commissioner. That is, you know, hiring the opposite of your ex, right? Like that is a step for this. This person has thought about money before you know so we're making progress pac 12 because this is progress larry, larry scott like i don't i don't know if he knew what numbers are no i i think he went to harvard so he definitely didn't and i think by the way they hired somebody who is basically like larry scott but went to public school he went to boston university that's where george klyovkov went so the chances of him being just an outright kleptocrat went down Slightly, right? Because if you hire the guy with the Harvard, you're like, oh, yeah, that expense account, dude is going to steal. Dude's just going <laughs> to, the, the chances, won't even know it, too. Like, that's just what people get, right? I went to Harvard. We just, you, you get the penthouse suite, right? They just give those things to you. Yeah, that's exactly the way they work, sir. So chances of him being an outright kleptocrat just went down a little bit. I also think that uh, he worked for, Major League Baseball for, for BAM, Baseball uh -oh. Advanced Media, which, and Hulu and, and like Hearst. And these all have something in common. They make money and they make money off of things that don't even necessarily have any intrinsic value, like baseball. Baseball makes money. <laughs> okay. And mm -hmm. you say, well, Pac 12's got issues. Pac 12 attendance was down 13% which is twice as much over the past two years, I think was the average. And that's twice as much as it was everywhere else in the country. Like everywhere in the country is down because it's so good to sit on your couch now. <laughs> it's so good. And there's so many things to do. There's so many different ways to spend your time. And in the Pac-12, there's so many ways to spend your time, um, except for rowing. You can't row, but you can go outside and do everything else. But in the Pac-12, attendance is down. I think they looked at this. I think they thought, well, who's managed to make money off of something with falling attendance, no real projection of future growth, and uh, a fan base that's just dwindling year by year with no end in sight. Oh, this guy. Yeah, he worked for baseball, and he made them money. Good job. Yeah, I think that was done... the He's done gambling stuff, and we know for a long time Pac-12 has been interested in getting into Las Vegas. And I think that's kind of a funny connection because it's like 
do do you think you have to know someone in Las Vegas to be invited? Like, they're they'll the kind of their entire thing is they'll literally let anyone in. You know, I don't I don't think you need to have someone uh, invite you as if it is a secret no. club. Um, but the the Pac-12 being the most gambling friendly conference, sure, that's a great idea. Their games are on late at night when people are people have bad ideas, and the Pac-12 should capitalize on bad ideas. That is the main thing they have had going for them for 15 years. So why not lean directly into it? Um, and you know, uh, if if players can get a direct cut of each gamble, like perfect. If if I can bet on um, some sort of fight to break out between Arizona and Oregon State, and each participating player gets a cut, like we are solving all of our problems in real time. Um, it, it, yeah, like gambling in college sports is going to happen, and they're going to figure out a way to do it because it's a way to make money and they like money and i really like just the open crassness of this approach <laughs> like you know the sec would be like uh like cute and, and and demure and and uh roundabout and oh no we're not really doing that but the, no, the pac-12 no. just just fucking go for it man that's awesome well the sec's approach has historically been a very southern one that the thing might be done and then when asked for comment there will be a demur a a a a dodge a well we don't need to talk about that now do we hmm do we that's been the case with every kind of advance that the sec has done it quietly so as not to make a huge deal of it the sec has also by the way always done things on the it'd be way easier if we just let them do it for instance sec network what did they do very sensible thing we're a sports conference we're not really a media company. How about we let a media company build that? Oh, hey, there's a media company that'll build the SEC network for us. Cool. The Pac-12, not a media company. Previous commissioner decided they were and decided to <laughs> attempt to engineer a completely new kind of television network with no real track record of that model working because it sounded cool. Well, I and mean... So it worked for the Big Ten because the Big Ten is a sports concern. The Pac-12's problem is they are neither a media concern nor a sports concern. Why does the Pac-12 exist, I think, is the fundamental question here. <laughs> One we have puzzled over for many years, and I'm not quite certain myself. But like, I can pick up, like, the Pac-12, I can pick up, like, everything exists for, like, three or four teams, but never for 12. Like, <laughs> football in the Pac-12 exists for, like, three teams a year. Three teams. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else, everyone else. It feels like they're just in dry runs, dress rehearsal, preview opening. Every like, there are three or four teams in the Pac-12 that genuinely have things together, and then there are eight teams that are uh, Spider-Man. Turn out the dark. Two weeks into the run, where they're still figuring out what's happening in Act Two. That's that's everything. That's not to disrespect the teams of the Pac-12. That is to say, depth-wise. Sometimes the understudy's understudy can't make the starting lineup. And sometimes there is no understudy for the backup safety, which is why you get wild results in the Pac-12 because the minute you get an injury or two, whoops, <laughs> free for all. We've got a future accountant starting at corner. That's, that's very real. I, I, I think the single thing, so the new commissioner, I'm not going to attempt to say his name. You've, you've already handled that for us. Uh, Leofkov. 
<laughs> he said that one of his goals, uh, he would like the college football player to experience. Well, shit, yeah, I bet you do. Um, and wants to figure out money stuff. Okay, I, I, I believe that as well. He has also said a primary goal is to have a football national champion soon for the first time in <clears throat> quite a few years. Um, and I have hope here. I actually feel good because there is a thing he can do. Like, this sounds like bullshit bluster. Like, what in the world can a commissioner do to make his teams actually good? But um, Pac-12 scheduling has been horrendous, unacceptable, inexcusable for many years. Just do it how the SEC does it. Protect your good teams. Bama fans, I hear you whining about bye weeks. It, you're, you're, you, this doesn't apply to you. Nothing applies to you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, th- that is just bare minimum to keep you within the stratosphere. Pac-12 Pac- Pac- doesn't have a Bama. They have a USC and an Oregon. You need to give those teams all the help you can, friendly bye weeks. Stop giving them short week road trips to fucking Pullman, Washington, because you could have had a playoff trip without that dumb idea. Um, stop giving them 12 weeks in a row with no buys and all that bullshit. Just fix Pac-12 scheduling, and you might get a team the number five ranking one of these years. That's it. That's the simple, simple hack. Just what are your good teams? Protect them. It, it, you know, your bad teams can complain about it, but that's that's like fake complaining. It's like like it's like try hard tough guy complaining. Just fix, just rig Pac-12 scheduling. Maximum crookedness. Um, whoever your best team is, just have them play the nine worst teams in the conference. Let them play. Um, let them play Arizona nine times. Great. Now Oregon's nine and zero in conference. See how easy that was. Just do that. Also, why don't you just go whole hog on NLI and endorsements? Why don't you go harder? Go harder on that. The word, the expression, the Wild West exists for a reason. It's because y'all were the original. I can't care. I can't care about all that. Well, don't you want a? Don't you want beautiful green lawns and churches on Sunday? Hell no! I want a mining camp. It's dusty, filled with cash. That's the dream of the Old West, is a, a wild frontier where anything can happen. And that athletically could be true, because I think there's something at work in Western states that really doesn't apply when you're trying to get NLI and other things through, say, Southern legislatures, which is that there are people in the West who will literally say no to any form of govern- government intervention, any form. So you know that little carve-out in, say, Georgia's NLI law that says, well, you know, schools don't have to grant full value. They can, you know, we're going to do that, but, you know, there's little carve-outs for percentages, right, that, that schools can schools can take as a result of this law, and they're sort of built into it. Why don't you go to Arizona? And the instant argument you make in Arizona is this. Hey, athletes have come to Arizona. The government can't tell you to do anything. It's one of the reasons this looks like Arizona. It's one of the reasons it looks like it does. It's because we just we don't like anybody telling anybody anything to do. Also, um, there's a lady uh, at my nursery who carries a gun. I don't know why, right? <laughs> she watches three-year-olds all day with a Glock on her hip. But we won't tell you what to do. Yeah. We, we won't. Also, weed's legal out here. Hey. <laughs> Weed's totally legal out here. Oregon State, when you got the kids in for the recruiting visit, and they're like, you know, tell tell me about your uh, NLI laws. Oregon State, you should be able to say, like, laws? This is Oregon, sir. Laws? (laughs) Yeah, the only thing we won't... 
the only thing we won't let you do is pump your own gas. That's we put all of our civic emotion and concentration <laughs> about safety into things like that, right? That's the only thing. Do we put fluoride in our water? No, because that's a communist plot. Are we commies? Maybe, but we don't even trust ourselves, and that's why we don't put fluoride in the water. That's that's something the Pac-12 can lean into. They go, well, I'm going to be so far from my family. With the endorsement deal we got you for holding up, like, I don't know, whatever roofing baron gives $3 million to the school a year. Okay, cool. Here, why don't you take a picture talking about how good this aluminum siding is. You know how many people actually went and bought aluminum siding because of this ad? Zero. You know how, how, much you, how many recruits I got out of this? Three. Three good ones who are sitting in Corvallis, Oregon now. Right? Because they were coming out of JUCO and they said, well, I can go to Kansas State or I can go to Oregon. I mean, no offense to Manhattan, Kansas. I'm probably going to go to Corvallis. Where everything Sorry, is legal. And you get a free chainsaw. Is that the, like, that should be it. Pac-12 football. Everything is legal. Yeah. Yeah. It worked great for the Southwest Conference. Indefinitely. <laughs> and And here's the thing. There's absolutely no ability to enforce it. The NCAA won't be able to afford the plane tickets to get investigators there. Like, that's when this is over. <laughs> this is geography working in your favor. I mean, I know. Exactly. You can barely afford anything anyway, but right. the more you can, fuck it, add Hawaii and stash all your crimes there. You'd really think the NCAA is going to fly to Hawaii 50 times to investigate mm -hmm. every school? Why? I mean, Hawaii should just be openly corrupt. They should just yeah. be a for-profit. That's a for-profit school. Just open business. Who's your current coach? Todd Graham. He's all for it. Guarantee. You said, hey, Todd Graham, why don't we just start paying players and see how long it takes people on the mainland to figure it out? <laughs> Todd Graham would go, hey, praise be. Let's go. <laughs> like, like, say, like someone has a, say someone has a hot tip snitching on Hawaii. Is the NCAA like, how, how sure are you? You know? Like, <laughs> Listen, my Actually, boss. My boss said I can't really afford that. Like, is it? Yeah, can I see it on Google Earth? Is it? Is it bad enough cheating to see it on Google Earth? Because if not, I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah, but if I'm the boss and I know this sucker's going down anyway, suddenly I get real interested in a protracted, lengthy investigation of the crimes <laughs> of the Hawaii football program. Yeah, You've sorry, been there I gotta, for I gotta, three years. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it, it's deeper than we thought. I gotta stay another three months. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm gonna have to go undercover undercover <laughs> what does that require well i'm going to need a ferrari and i'm going to need it to need to live at the estate of a mysterious author who i never see but who only makes me pay four thousand a month four thousand a month actual I, uh, rent dude. actual rent fifteen hundred i work for mark mark zuckerberg now that's, yeah, that's, that's how it. deep this goes out here on hawaii wow that's the sports team. crimes are insane that's oh it's a shame as a, as a boss, I'll be like, I too, I too must investigate sports crime. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Does Mark Zuckerberg have room? Yes, he does. Mm, the NCAA has relocated to Hawaii, and so then the, Hawaii's role is now everyone on the mainland can cheat all they want. See what they did? Yeah, that's it. And and, and by the way, I'll inform on other programs. You come out to Hawaii, start to bust on me. I'll inform on other programs, and you know what those programs do? We coordinate. We're like, <laughs> yeah, you got to go look at the SEC, buddy. 
<laughs> Sorry, this is small potatoes. Hawaii, how you get them off your sin is like, oh man, they are doing dirt at Yukon. And the NCAA is like, God damn it, we have to fly halfway across Earth to go investigate Yukon. We're going to bleed man, you... the NCAA dry. <laughs> yeah, I know. What you... dirt are they doing at Yukon? I don't know. They're paying players to be bad at football. I don't know. You better Yukon could have done. Yukon could have done so much dirt because an investigator's not going to go there. Like, So you're going to have to go to Stores, Connecticut in February. No, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm sure they're on the up and up. It's fine. We have other things to do, don't we? <laughs> Just get on the ground in stores, go to the Dunkin', get a coffee, get back on the plane. Don't talk to anybody and be like, yep, who'd you talk to? Mr. Donut. Talk to him. Totally. Yeah, they're clean. He said it. I got it on tape and everything. <laughs> the tape is just me leaning into a tape recorder going, I'm Mr. Donut. Yukon's clean. Yeah. My boss is like, really? I'm like, yeah, do you want to go? Case closed. Yeah. Man, I, we got to join this little group of investigators. These... <laughs> this, a crack. This is, this is the TV show I want. A crack group of investigators trying to <laughs> run out the clock on their boss and entire organization and steal as much money as possible before the roof caves in. How far down? So, like, the NCAA always has trouble. Like, we don't have enough investigators and whatever. They won't say it exactly like that, but read between the lines. How far down the, like, um, hiring process do they have to get before, like, we could apply and be seriously considered? And they're like, you know, well, you guys kind of talked a lot of shit about us for your entire lives, but fuck, we don't have anyone else who can investigate New Mexico State. And, like, that's just our job, you know? How far down? Yeah, I think that's, like a six-month hiring drought before they consider us. Like, and I mean actually aggressively going down and being like, we have eliminated everyone else. We have to hire you. But cool. So we're going to need a Ferrari and a mysterious Oceanside estate. In New Mexico, yeah. Yeah, in New Mexico. <laughs> we'll make it happen. <laughs> we could do so, it. The NCAA is terraforming Earth. I mean, do you, do you care about integrity or not? I mean, this is this is actually this is Pac-12 talk, like old school Pac-12 talk, right? What are you gonna Terra- do? Terraforming, we will te- terraforming Mars, and then yeah. holding volleyball tournaments there. <laughs> no, terraforming Mars, and then holding volleyball tournaments in Las Vegas. Yeah, like all all the previous commissioner of the Pac-12 do, which is an inspiration. If you really want a model for how you should behave at work, follow everything this dude did. Larry Scott would just say things. That sounded cool. How are you going to do it? Innovation, Silicon Valley, disruption, decentralized, centralized networks. That's what we're going to do. And everyone in the room is like, fuck, this guy's good. Yeah, he he had that going for like three years there. Oh, Oh, yeah. There was like a year where we're all like smart ass, like, wow, this guy's really smart. And then there's like a year where like, oh, shit, he's actually smart, you know? And then there's, yeah, and that... The, the clock ran out on that but so speaking of terraforming <clears throat> as as is usual i feel like the actual best examples on the world of terraforming one would be like dubai um mm-hmm. in american terms i think the closest we've come to terraforming anything would be las vegas <laughs> you know yeah a, a bustling city that should not exist just a 98 a, a city that is a city that is all of about 80 years old, if that, maybe younger when you consider like what was there before. Because Las Vegas, you know, it's like basically means something like the fields because there was nothing there. 
And then in 1960, there's stuff there. It's like all post-war build. And then even then, there's nothing from post-war. <laughs> everything in Vegas has... I, I love Vegas because everything's already been blown up three or four times. <laughs> At least. There's been three or four cycles of, ah, that building's about 16 years old. God, I want to blow it up. Like the and minute then... a building gets old enough to drive, somebody in Las Vegas is like... I want to blow the shit up out of that thing. God, I just want to level it. That's the hotel Howard Hughes blew up that one time. What, yeah. <laughs> he have, there was something like Howard Hughes and like nuclear testing and whatever. It's what a what a what a place that definitely deserves to exist. My favorite spot in Las Vegas, outside of Vegas, uh, is one of the nuclear test sites called Jackass Flats. Sure. Where that that's where a guy, uh, an Air Force general was flying a MiG that had been confiscated from, I think, North Korea, but don't quote me on that. Um, and, you know, it was like a very fast Russian plane. And when I say fast, you know, Soviet plane, then you imagine, ah, safety was probably not the premier concern of the engineers. This was probably a very dangerous plane. Correct. This general, who was a decorated aviator, um, and who had all of the arrogance in the world justifiably to walk in and go, I'll figure it out, decided to get behind the wheel of this MiG and just figure the plane out. And some of him is still impacted, I believe, into the soil at Jackass Flats. Is, is he the jackass who is flat? Um, no, but that's where he landed. And that proves that irony never dies. A MiG-23 it more. was. Uh, from from Area Fifty One, uh, he he mm -hmm. uh, deceased in Area Twenty Five. Yeah, <laughs> it was. He said, "I got to get out of here." And uh, when he ejected, I believe it broke his neck. And yeah, yeah it's real, real bad. Not a good idea to just decide to freestyle on a MIG. Think I'm gonna freestyle on this MIG. So there are. 30, so I'm looking at Wiki. There are 30 areas. Like Area 51 isn't just a. Yeah. Like we we did count up to 30, and then we skipped ahead to Area 51. Yeah. I mean that's just how that's just how special it is. It contains areas 31 through 50. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Nevada, Nevada, Las Vegas, the most terraformed city in the United States, to the point where they. Kind of, Las Vegas is kind of a mixtape of every other city because there's actually entire other samples of other cities. There's a New York, just a New York and a Paris, right? Cerber, you've never been to Las Vegas, correct? This is correct. Okay. What do you think Las Vegas is? I just want from somebody who's never been there. And Jason, you've been multiple times. I've been too much. I, I think whatever number I actually have been there is too much. Cerber, you've never been there. What do you think it is? New Orleans West. Wow. Hmm. Like, that's that's what I think of. But basically, it's Vegas Vacation, right? The Chevy Chase, the the third movie or fourth movie in that, in that franchise. Just that. So... That is, if I said, like, what, what what do you think, like, a normal day there would be? Not that there's um, a normal day in Las Vegas, but, like, what do what do you think people do when they go to Las Vegas? 
I don't think they remember what they do when they go to Las Vegas, but they... Just... Your guesses are real accurate so yeah. far. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> so, uh, how well, can you be sure you've never been to Las Vegas? Yeah, that's true. I don't... I mean, and weed, le- weed is legal there now, too, which has a, a whole other dimension. Um, I, I mean, basically, I think you probably wake up, you go to the CVS, get a bottle of Jack Daniels... <laughs> Head down to the sports book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Figure out how much divorce you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I would say, like, I imagine there being, like, I know people say get married by Elvis. Like, that's a cliche in Vegas. But, like, I truly imagine there being about 50 of those, but being pretty close together. Like, like. You, there's a part of I imagine that Vegas has like an get married by Elvis part of town. It does. It does. See, so it's, it's like the chapel. Yeah, it's sort of. But there's the not just one, yeah. right? It's like chapels as far as the eyes. Can like see. a whole a whole district. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of yeah. like kind of like that neighborhood that popped up in in between Nashville proper and like the Marathon Village thing. Remember when that wasn't there, and then it was like two days later. But they're all chapels in Vegas. I, I really, this is very accurate. I don't know if you need to go. Yeah, I'm probably I, good. I is Wayne Newton still there? Oh no, he's dead. Did he die? Well, they, these are not mutually exclusive. That's true. He is still there. Um, yes, I believe Wayne Newton is dead. But I am going to, I'm going to verify that and make sure that Wayne Newton is dead. You try Wayne to kill him. He's alive. Newton. Yeah, man. <laughs> Wow. He's alive? <laughs> totally. I have killed Wayne Newton. I have done what man has dreamed of for years, but no man has accomplished. <laughs> He's still alive. First oh, Wayne man. Newton, next Keith Richards, then the world. That would be, yeah. No, I, I don't like, I believe I believe he has retired, but he's still a spokesperson for, uh, he's still a spokesperson for Caesars. That's amazing. <laughs> What so? Let's see. For a person who has a Google News alert for Wayne Newton, here are the kinds of things they would find. I mean, the first three days ago, Mister Las Vegas still in the game, <laughs> still in the league. Man, he looks great. He's. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is the man who slapped Johnny Carson. By the way, like this man looks embalmed. He is perfectly preserved. <laughs> he looks so accurate. It's a real Wayne Newton. I listen. He performed on Letterman once, and Wayne can kind of thrash on the guitar. Like he's a pretty he's a pretty good guitar player. I was personally stunned at that. Also, he sang like this because everyone made fun of his natural singing voice, which is real high. Like naturally, he sings up here. And everyone made fun of him, so he was like, "No, I'm Wayne Newton." Guess like Batman. I want the two of you to guess how many followers Wayne Newton has on Twitter. 580. Mm, 2.2 million. 7,000. What? Yeah. I thought it was going to be I mean, be that's more respectable, ridiculous. Wayne. That's respectable. Yeah. For Man some for like people. an Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's like, you know, it's like a good barbecue account. It's about 7,000. Good job, man. <laughs> you know. It's like him and La Barbecue in Austin, Texas have, you know, on, about the same number on, of followers. Uh, on Instagram, 4,000. What a modest 
man of the people. Huh. Core audience. That's about just keep your core audience, baby. Day ones. Yeah. Day one. <laughs> Third, listen, $50 tier Patreon supporters of Wayne Newton. <laughs> no new friends for Wayne Newton. <laughs> I'm loving it. Star of match game, Wayne Newton. So, yeah, this is if, if the idea is that we're going to turn the Pac 12 into Vegas, 100% for this because that might mean, I mean, there already is like a Pac 12 team with a sports betting partnership. Oh, right. Colorado. Yeah. Colorado already has that. So we just get everybody saddled up with that and do in stadium gaming with the Pac 12 title game in Las Vegas every year. That instantly becomes like the best conference championship trip. Like, hands down. I've been to a zillion SEC t- title games, and automatically the prospect of seeing, of gambling and drinking live, which, you know, like, I, you, you can't really do either. You I mean, you can drink at the SEC championship, but like, it's, it's not going to be like that. I'm not going to be able to get bottle service. Not that I would. <laughs> But I could. I want champagne at the SEC championship. That's what I want. <laughs> While I watch Alabama beat someone 58 to 12. It does mean more. <laughs> I it, like it, it instantly becomes the best championship game. Because one, that plane ticket's cheap. It's, that's a cheap plane ticket. That's a subsidized plane ticket in a lot of uh, instances, right? If you buy it at the right place. You can package it. You go out there. You know you're going to be able to get a flight out. You know you're going to be able to get a hotel room. You know there's going to be something to do. Right? Let's go look at the Lions at the MGM. Then let's go watch Oregon beat Arizona by 40 points. In a Roomba. A huge, evil, black Roomba. In the desert. That shouldn't be there. An affront to God. I want to watch my college football in a huge affront to God. All right, I forgot about this football stadium. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a huge black Roomba. So fucking Dubai. Yeah, unreal. It is. It's like Emirates. It's just like, like hillbilly Emirates. That's what it looks like. Hilljack Emirates. That's exactly what Las Vegas is. You know, which I will tell you, server, you really should go because, um, my favorite thing in Las Vegas is people watching, especially crying girl hour. Crying girl hour. The most, the like wagon the most... wheel in the background. <laughs> yeah, or some John Mayer track, right? Yeah. James because Blunt. I can't, I can't figure out what's happening because usually it's younger women somewhere between the age of twenty-one and twenty-four, and they're mad at Brandon, Chad. Um, Todd or uh, Brennan and something has happened now Brennan might have been a dick maybe they're just mad that they're having fun because dudes having fun generally means nothing good right what'd you do all those $500 it was awesome no that's not awesome yeah it was <laughs> but there's this hour that happens around five in the morning six in the morning where suddenly there are just young crying ladies everywhere <laughs> learning the disappointment of masculinity when is crying boy hour though because that sounds <laughs> that sounds so much more fun there is never crying boy hour in las vegas 
Yeah. They're only happy men. Yeah. That's on the plane home. There's only that's like explaining to mom where all your money went. (laughs) (laughs) Getting home and explaining to a someone what just happened and why you thought it was fun. Everyone goes there, and like New Orleans, this is why servers like comparison was so good. Everyone turns to donkeys, and the things they're doing don't really look fun unless you're drunk and doing them too. That's the idea. You go, wow, man, I just watched this guy drop a grand at blackjack and like. He's drinking Red Bull and lighter fluid, and he and his boys are just saying the same four words over again to each other. Yeah, right, right, oh, yeah, right, yeah. And you go, wow, that seems terrible. And then you start doing it. You're like, well, that's not too bad. This isn't half bad at all. But from the outside, it looks terrible. It's all fun while it's happening. And then you have to go home. I have a, I have a, a question for a Vegas expert server. Um, Server, if you were to recommend the ideal length of a Vegas trip um, in terms of hours, days, weeks, what have you, what is the amount of time that pops into your head? Mm-hmm. 72 hours. That's Ooh, that's crazy. close. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, within, that's within range, I think. Yeah. Any longer think, and you're going to stay there. I think, <laughs> wheels down to, I think wheels down to wheels up, 72 hours. I'm going to count some transit in there, okay? So door to door, if you leave your house and you get back to your house in 72 hours, that's good. You don't want to be in Vegas when the 72 hour mark hits because that's when the sad happens. That's when the big sad hits you. You go, oh, this is how they live all the time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that jolly person I saw dealing blackjack wanted to be a singer. I'm that feeling, lady's never leaving. I'm feeling 36 to 60 hours as like a hard limit for a Vegas trip. Like that's you get a night or two there and time enough to uh, compose yourself after that night or two there. And you could lose a lot of money in that time, but this decreases your chances. And like, man nothing is as fun the first night and the diminishing returns on vegas i guess is what i'm getting at like night four no no not not at all night four is well, night two is i've done some night four. Oh no get out of there <laughs> it's it's now part of me it's getting inside me you pushed your you I mean you literally pushed your luck yeah also, there's this thing that happens around day three or four where the sound of whirring uh, casino machines starts to become normal to you. And that's when you start to get the fear that maybe I've adapted. Maybe I understand. You, you get time distortion. Time distortion is very real because, server, they do not let you see clocks. There are no clocks. There are no windows in casinos. Well, how could you? How could you ever be sure of exactly where you are? Because, like, basically, yeah, Vegas is just, seems like it's just a bunch of different versions of the exact same thing. So, like, if you don't see the the entrance or exit, if you will, of the casino, how could you ever really be sure which one you're in? Yeah. <laughs> I feel this. I mean, yeah, uh, my number of times being there, pretty much every time um, whatever group I'm with, you know, we'll go to one casino and then someone will 
just have the sense, the urge, the urgency. We need to be at a different casino, and you go there, and to my untrained eye, nothing is different. Maybe the you know the 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 prices on this or that game are different, but like yeah, at server again, you are dead on. I, I'm now convinced you have been to Vegas, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, no, you you really got it. They're all designed to keep you inside, really. And the way they do this at sports books. There's different approaches, but at the win and at the Venetian, the sports books are so comfortable that it's not a matter of keeping you in. It's a matter of making it too comfortable to leave. Like the win has these really plush chairs and there's like a nice person who comes around and brings you alcohol. And, you know, I could just sit here. What? I, I watch the three o'clock block of games. Well, I'll just let it roll into the six. I'll just let it roll into the nine. Oh, shit. It's Tuesday. Girl, this chair's comfy. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very real. And without clocks or windows to really orient you. Or frankly, by the way, if you're at the tables, the ability to use your phone, because you are not to do that at the tables, is to use your phone. Without that, man, it's just you and the stream of time. Jump in, swim, see where you come out. Maybe it's two hours from now. If you're winning, maybe it's 20. Who can say? It's going to be the idea. best. It's going to be the best championship game. It's going to be unreal. <laughs> it's going to be great. And the the missing ingredient in all of this, by the way, is this Western Bros. Western Bros. Completely different kind of bro. Completely different kind of dude. Like, if you want to say, "Hey, I found a new type of guy," not a new type of guy, but if I'm elaborating the taxonomy of guys, the Western guy, oh. The diversity, the diversity of different kinds of Western guy is amazing, but none of them really care about anything. It's great. <laughs> they're going to be, they're going to be phenomenal. What if, um, so I liked the big tens slap together idea of, you know, best team playing best team, worst team playing worst team, etc. Mm -hmm. Man, Vegas feels built for that. Just a whole pack 12 mm -hmm. weekend. Um, and, you know, pair up teams with uh, parts of town, you know, so that yeah. that that Arizona Cal game, that's 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 you're like. That's a three a.m. somewhere, whether it's Friday or Saturday or Wednesday or whatever, you know. Yeah, we need. Why don't we just put all Pac-12 football in Vegas? How about that? Does it need to be anywhere else? Uh, you know, play, play a play a game or two in Pullman. That's, you know, I don't think it's Pac-12 unless there's a, a a November game where it's it's sneeding, not sleeting, sneeding. And there's some guy covered in ice drinking a 750 milliliter bottle of alcohol on camera. But other than that, no, you can move the rest of them there. Each Fine team gets me. one home game. Everything else is in Vegas. Better make that home game count, y'all. Which team doesn't get a home game? Like, I'm sure that there will be some mathematical anomaly where one team does not get a game. Who do we take it away from? Stanford? They don't want it anyway. Um, Oregon's going to... UCLA. UCLA, absolutely. They're the ones that get screwed mm, yeah. out of this. Not that I think we, we want just take... to. It's just, you know, that's just what happens to UCLA. I think we just have the Rose Bowl like nine or ten times a year. With different teams, just just ran out, but you never know, UCLA, like, never UCLA, never, no, 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 UCLA. they haven't, 
they haven't earned it right like it's amazing what a magical venue that is and how all of the magic is stripped out of it the instant ucla plays the home game there <laughs> Not like yeah 90 what literally 90 percent of the football games in the rose bowl are ucla why do we let mm-hmm. that happen that you think you're getting away with something ucla don't you do you have the most powerful football the most powerful football program in the world and the most aesthetically pleasing would be if Alabama was allowed to play all of their home games in the Rose Bowl. Can you imagine anything? Like, no, that's, that's Vikings playing home games in Valhalla. Let's go one step further. Alabama has UCLA's colors. UCLA has very nice uniforms, very nice colors. Alabama now wears powder blue and gold. Those are Alabama's colors. Basically, we'll just <laughs> replace UCLA entirely with Alabama. Down it would be and everything. It would be so stunning though, because we would look at it and go, "Wow, when did UCLA get huge? These guys are massive. <laughs> UCLA is so fucking badass. That's what I've always <laughs> thought. They're swole as hell. God, One UCLA thing... is terrifying. I have, <laughs> I have never thought that in my life. You know what I mean? Roll, like... roll damn bear. <laughs> I was watching. Uh, I've been watching old games a lot this spring and i was watching uh the two-part series known as old miss alabama 2014 2015 aka the dr bow uh generalissimo chad kelly like movie and sequel and i was watching it's amazing how different alabama's defenders look because even as recently as 2014 and 15 they were still on the uh the fat guy plan and I don't mean fat. I just mean they were massive. Like they were massive even at positions like linebacker or star where you needed to move a little bit more. They still just look like gigantic hogs. All of them. They don't look like that now. Like Alabama guys are obviously still real big and strong. But I, when they went to like a more hybrid type defense so that they could keep up with spread offenses in earnest, it wasn't that they just lost like five pounds. I think everybody in that defense just got like 15 pounds leaner because i'm watching uh reggie raglan crash into people and i'm like i don't know if alabama has any dude who looks that huge even if they weigh the same they don't look the same am i saying alabama went low carb yeah they went low carb so I, maybe that's a fun thought thing is like imagine uh, current Bama defense against, you know, the Chad Kelly Rebels or Johnny Menzel's <laughs> Aggies and like, oh, all those fun memories. Weren't they fun? Uh, <laughs> those dead. Were, those were sweet, dead. sweet moments. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh no, that... A&M lost by 37 points. <laughs> yeah. Or even just 14 because you're like, Alabama scored 78. It's nuts. They, they was like... They, they would have won, but uh, Devontae Smith had 400 yards receiving and eight TDs. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Yeah, they they would have, if, if, like, I'm sure, like, Nick probably watches that film and is just like, ah, oh, I wish I'd just gotten them smaller. <laughs> <laughs> Minutes after the national title, grinding his gears about losing to LSU in 2011. Must make, must make hosses smaller. Smaller hosses. Smaller. Um, the, the other thing that I adore about the notion of Las Vegas-izing the entire Pac-12 is that we can finally 
get away from the idea of making them into a proper football league and just turn them into a transparent media property meant to rake in cash despite the declining product. That's all I want. I don't want the Pac-12 like, oh, Pac-12 resurgent. Pac-12 with three teams in the top 10. No, I don't. I don't want that. I want like maybe one team in the, in the top 10 and I want baffling financials. I want I want like the SEC to be like, what are we doing wrong? We handed out this much and the Pac-12 handed out $57 million to each school. How? How did they do this? Are you saying like the Pac-12 is handing out like $10 million coaching contracts and USC has three losses? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. That's what I want. I, I want it. I want them to be like, I want them to all look like Texas financially. I want them to all go. Wow, we went <laughs> so ten million dollar contracts and three losses, just like we Texas. went. We went eight and we went eight and four, and goddamn, this program grossed like ninety million dollars or also, netted ninety I'm, million dollars. I'm sorry, I said Texas has three losses. They only do that think, when there's. A, they only do that when it's a ten game season. Yeah, that's well. They got to go ten and two. That's because remember Texas in my mind every year goes ten and two. With one of those losses being to Oklahoma. Texas should join the Pac-12. That was a rumor for a while. It would be a really good fit. Slide on in. Slide on in, brothers. Come on. I mean, look at what, what have you What have you got to lose? Why don't you give up on being good and instead just be a tax shell? <laughs> why, do you why don't you give do up this? Give being good. Join the Pac-12. Well, yeah. Why be good when you can make money? What is a more American <laughs> story than that? <laughs> What is more American than the notion of profit without quality? Texas, Texas, UCLA, Pac-12 championship in Las Vegas. Man, what a dream! I'm I'm dreaming about it right now, man. It's right there on the tip of my tongue. I can taste it. Man. You know what it tastes like? That ashtray <laughs> next to me at the eighth hour of the blackjack table, where I'm trying to win back money. Next to some loud, drunk dude in Sacramento who's telling me that the Deftones are really underrated. That's that's what I'm doing. That's what I mean, I'm at this point, man. at this point, they are, I would say. Probably yeah, not back I, then, but... No, um, but I, I, agree with, I agree with this man I just made up. The <laughs> other... I made up the, a guy just to agree with him. That's the, the, the other... The, the vibes, the vibes version of Twitter. <laughs> the other proposal I have is this. I think that they should sell name, image, and likeness, and the Pac-12 should be the first schools to go ahead and offer their students endorsement deals for the program. That, okay. for for instance, you know, Justin Herbert could have said, you know what? Hi, I'm Justin Herbert from the Oregon Ducks for the Oregon Ducks. When when I, wa I want you to come out for the stadium, just an innovative idea that you should pay them to advertise for the program. Is this in the spirit of any other NLI build? No. Is it contrary to any of the cornerstone beliefs and practices of amateurism absolutely not should they try it anyway just so that they can start paying recruits actual money hell yeah do that and then george klavkov do some crazy meteorite shit where every school gets like you know 70 million dollars somehow despite the actual value of the products being around 20 million 17 million and then give it to uh give it to players so that they'll come It'll come crashing down, but it'll be an amazing five to seven years. What if we invent PacCoin? What if the Pac? I mean, like, yeah, yeah West Coast, we're here, Silicon Valley. We're finally yeah, here. So <laughs> the, the, the crypto conference, <laughs> the crypto conference, the, the 
Uh, yeah. Um, pack coin. I feel like that's pretty good. Um, no, you ready? You ready? Ready? Football. Football's about tackling and blocking. Blocking. Block what was the original blockchain and offensive line? Are you feeling this? Uh -huh. Are you, are you uh -huh. hearing this? Yeah. yeah. Duck coin. Duck <laughs> coin. The the real the real sketchy one is what is is Zona coin Zona coin, <laughs> uh yeah uh yeah S Sparky coin oh my god, um Ute coin there we go that's the that, one that's the that's one a, that's like that's that's like the steady sober investment that's like, a steady there, there that's a steady no winner right spikes. there man like yeah. Elon Musk tweets about Ute coin and nothing happens <laughs> yeah <laughs> folks have I got a deal for you um. Acorns.com slash fullcast. If you'd like to get in on the ground of our crypto scheme, you're going to need a steady financial base. Uh, and the simplest way I know of to do such a thing is with the Acorns app, which lets me nickel and dime my way to retirement. I am currently, holy shit, I have 600 something dollars in here. I didn't even know that. I haven't actually been looking at the number each week. You're going, to, just, you're going to Vegas. I'm going to blow all this shit in Vegas, baby. Um, and, and double my retirement winning. No, I'm not. I'm going to trust the process. I'm going to trust Acorns. I'm going to trust um, Utecoin to deliver me to retirement. Uh, I have it said just throwing $5 a week and nickels and dimes for my purchases and then investment stuff happens within the market. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll beat that market at the blackjack table, but I won't because I'm not going because I trust acorns.com slash full cast. That, that's excellent. I think that it's very important for everyone when they go to Vegas to feel like that they're representing their team as, as you know, hard as they can, you know, because you, you got, there's a lot of things going on in Vegas. Might be a convention, might be another convention, might be another convention. There's always like nine conventions. You want people to know where you're coming from. You want them to know who you rep and you want them to know that like most things in Las Vegas, there's going to be a little bit of style to it. And that's why I need you to embrace the comfort style and unique charm of home field apparel. I don't know why I got like super sexy right there. That Maybe was very Homefield. sexy. Maybe because Homefield Apparel is so sexy. All right, get your get your extremely sexy redos, your refreshes of uh, so many schools, so many different brands this year for 2021 uh, for spring. Um, I really have enjoyed all of them to this point uh to the point where it's probably really bad for my finances i think for home field by the way i'm supposed to sing um home field to the tune of jolene i want to wait till ryan and holly are here because if i do that without them making fun of me it really won't feel as right if that makes any sense mm -hmm. so uh, i'm continuing to rehearse my version of jolene with i'm begging you please don't take my cash Please don't take my pants. Please don't take my pants. I think pants. speaking of uh, sexy home field, the sexiest school here is obviously Slippery Rock. Um, mm -hmm. followed, some by, probably followed, followed by Grand Valley State. That is also somewhat sexy. I would like, the. I think the school I'd most like to roll up to Vegas in is probably Houston Baptist. That might be the single most. I, I think the, I think for, for sheer tongue-in-cheek sexiness, the Oklahoma State ride with pride t-shirt is is definitely one of the ways to go 
I loved that particular refresh, but I'm kind of a sucker for Oklahoma State's gear anyway in any format. Home fields are absolutely lovely in that respect. Um, I'm also big on everything that that they've done with Houston. Houston's good. It's red. So if you're lost and drunk in the crowd, your friends will be able to find you a little easier in Las Vegas if you're wearing a red Houston Fi Slam Jamma shirt. Um, remember, you can get 20% off your first order with the promo code FULLCAST. That's the promo code FULLCAST. Home field apparel. Um, the realist, the good brand, the one that will help you when your friends need to find you before you get arrested for drunk and disorderly in Las Vegas. Oh, the Vanderbilt. Oh, my God. You're going to go to Vegas in a Vandy shirt. Because <laughs> you want to get beaten up. That's or... <laughs> well, that's one way to make friends. That, that's... <laughs> That is that is one way to make a friend. Nobody actually that's nobody has ever said that about Vanderbilt. You know, I'm wearing a Vanderbilt shirt because I want to make friends. Vanderbilt walks in and is like, I'm not here to make friends. What are you here to do? I don't know. Yeah. Oh overpay for an undergraduate education. That's what I'm here to do. I mean, where else in the South can you go to spend four years playing golf? It's like literally nowhere else. How? Um, server. Let's see. In terms of Vegas, in terms of the uh, entertainment activities that one could peruse, which gambling game do you feel that you have the best handle on? Mm. <clears throat> uh, shit. You can't just play like straight up poker in Vegas, right? I mean, you can. Yeah, somewhere. you can. You can. I mean, you, but you play in like a, you play in a room and the, the house gets a cut. Mm. That's how it works. I don't so like, you can't. I, you I can't like play. That. I don't like that. I, yeah. think it, I guess it would be blackjack then. Yeah. Okay. Blackjack, uh, Jason. You're not a huge gambler. If you did have to, what is your game? Um, I know the rules of blackjack. I think it's been a long time. <laughs> um, I don't, yeah, I don't get the, for whatever reason, like betting on sports is fun, but like betting on like cards and shit is like, it feels like a game on top of a game where, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess I'd probably also go with blackjack. Um, Spencer, of course, you're mainly a roulette guy, but yes, is there also, I, because a, I'm an, cause I'm an idiot. Cause yeah. you, no, you have perfected it. You've just figured out the strategies. <laughs> yeah. You just have to have a good attitude. That's yeah. it. You have to have vibes, an excellent attitude. Yeah, you have to have no fear and a really good attitude. And I, you know what? I, I'm not. It's also you know it's an idiot's game because it involves a very large wheel. Like it involves uh, the closest thing to a Parker Brothers board game setup, right? You couldn't just play roulette with cards. No, you have to go to the store and buy the special box that has the idiot's wheel. That somebody goes, yeah, this is a skill. Yeah, the <laughs> skill the is all around. The skill is just saying colors, right? Well, yeah, there's only gotta, two to choose from. There, there's only two to choose. <laughs> just the skill is being decisive. <laughs> I mean, I insist the skill is having a good attitude. That's the only thing that I've managed to figure out. Also, just bet enough money, depending on whether it's an American or European table, so that you're essentially flipping a coin. That's it, right? Just throw, you know, $18 out there. And voila. Maybe maybe you hit, maybe you don't. 
Either way, it's a great time because when you win, you feel like a mad scientist. It paid off! 1 to 36! <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> I Somebody's knew what gonna... I was doing. Yeah, I knew what I was doing. These were numbers. I've obviously calculated the optimal payout rate and uh, loss rate over time. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to play again because I'm very smart, you know? Also, the roulette table is the one place where you can usually find chips on the floor. Little secret I'm going to let you in on because, they, you know, they give you like a big stack. They don't just give you like three. They don't just give you like three tens and six. No, they'll give you like 36 ones. So if you look on the floor, which is multicolored to hide the fact that there are chips floating around down there. Take a look. I think I'm lifetime up to $550 or so I have found underneath roulette tables. Oh, shit. I am never gambling if I go to Vegas. I, I am only doing that exclusively. <laughs> that's gambling. I think that's gambling. That is the opportunity cost of it doing literally anything else. And well, you're choosing it to spend there when you, you could find zero chips or you could find $550 worth of chips. I mean, that's gambling. I think you could find it wouldn't be too hard to find enough to basically pay for your trip because that's one thing I've heard about Vegas is that if you do not gamble, it is the cheapest vacation you can go on. Yeah, because like yeah. rooms are nothing. They're just like yeah. We're gonna, I mean, you we're can gonna fly like there and the back casino. for fucking eighty dollars, and it's like so. Like my favorite thing to do around Vegas is like there's really great hiking. You can go out there and hike for almost fucking free. Yeah. There's there's like a there's a massive mountain just outside of Las Vegas that is free yeah. and beautiful and sometimes has skateboarders just going down the whole thing. Yeah, it's like a 7500 foot mountain, Mount Charleston, and you can go out there and see like the nuclear test sites and this stunning desert scenery and yes, idiot skateboarders going down the entire length of Mount Charleston on the road. And you you can just soak all that in for free. You, you could watch Pac-12 football for free. The majesty. I mean, I don't even know the last time I saw Pac-12 football. Imagine I'm gonna, just stumbling upon it. I'm just going to let you all know, if there's an actual roulette table within inside of the field in the stadium, I'm, I'm not going to make it back. It's not happening. Yeah, you're just going to enroll at UCLA? <laughs> I'm going to enroll at... Uh, UCLA Vegas, yeah, which we're not even going to call it Vegas. That's just UCLA now. <laughs> UC Vegas. UC. <laughs> yeah, the LA stands for Las Vegas. That's just one word, Las Vegas. Yeah, going to enroll at UCLA. And then I'm going to drive over to LA so I can catch Alabama home games, you know? <laughs> Pasadena, the traditional traditional home of the Tide, where it all started for Alabama, actually. Don't forget that. It's when they beat Washington's ass back in the 20s. See, this is Alabama coming home. Come home, Bama. Come back to the Rose Bowl. Mama's calling.